0: are listening to episode 243 of the ruby on rails podcast i'm your host kyle daigle this week we have brit back preparing for her talks galore uh, in the next two weeks talking to us about rails 5.2 Uh, surprise release a little bit uh snuck out before rails comp so we go over some of the features that they've added into rails 5 to uh talk about them she basically explains them to me at this point because i'm not keeping up fast enough in the rails ecosystem um but she talks about all that and uh and explains the features Uh, and also uh, gives us a little bit of a sneak peek into some of the uh, RailsConf talks uh, that she's doing. So she's doing a RailsConf talk and an Isle of Ruby talk. I really wish I was going to Isle of Ruby. It looks like a really great conference. Um, So go check that out. And then next week, we have another interview from Britt um, related to RailsConf. So uh, lots of content coming out right now. Uh, If you like listening to the show, uh, please follow uh, me, Britt, Brian on Twitter. Uh, We'd really love to hear from you and hear what you uh, would like to see more of uh, and give us some feedback. If you see Britt at the conferences, I'm sure she'd love for you to say hi. So that's a quick intro. Without any more ado, uh, let's get on to our chat. So, Britt, I heard that they released Rails uh, 1, 2. Is that... Oh. Or is, or is this, is this, that was my bad joke. Is this where we're at? <laughs> I hear there's new Rails.
1: There is new Rails, and I'm actually quite shocked that they released it before RailsConf. I was at RailsConf two years ago where they did the whole dramatic, like, we're going to release it on the podium oh Oh, yeah it was like a huge to do a lot of screaming I mean as much fangirling as you can expect at RailsConf (laughs) (laughs) so I was actually quite surprised to see DHH uh, tweet out yesterday that Rails 5.2 was out ahead of the conference so that's pretty exciting it means that I had to hastily uh, change my slides for both RailsConf and Isle of Ruby but hey I will take uh, I'll take as many Rails releases as available
0: yeah I wonder why they did it in advance
1: I don't know. I, I think they want people to maybe try it out before because there's going to be a lot of workshops at RailsConf. So maybe oh, they're just hoping they won't go through like the upgrade drama at yeah. the conference. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. And, yeah. And it's a pretty exciting release, too. But um, it, it does make me wonder, like, what DHH's keynote will be about. So I'm, It's about uh, Rails 6. <laughs> probably. I mean, that's what Masters pointed to now. So they're starting to build against Rails 6 now.
0: Oh my goodness. We, I know. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's 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 funny cuz it, they call out basecamp and shopify both running 52 which is which is really remarkable. Um, I think uh, after some amazing uh, efforts from Eileen and others at GitHub, I think GitHub's on 42 now.
1: That's so amazing.
0: We're, we're we're on our way to 5 and unfortunately now it looks like 52. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe you'll just jump straight to 6. Who knows? you know what <laughs> honestly
0: that's possible but uh but it's been a it's been a herculean effort to do it so uh, i'm excited to dig in i had the opportunity to a couple of uh weeks ago upgrade a a four rails app to five, i'm assuming it was five one it might have been five two rc or something like that so mm-hmm. so i've poked at some of this stuff but I, i'm gonna be honest uh, you, you're my new resident rails expert since i am uh you know J, I live the life of JSON and <laughs> uh, things that are non-Rails most of the time now. So uh, I'm curious to hear, like, what's the what's the big thing for you? Like, why why would why would you go upgrade, or why do you think people would go upgrade to this? What's the what's the cool feature?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So we run three production Rails apps at the Pittsburgh Cultural Trust, and I've already upgraded one of them, probably our most simple one, to Rails 5.2, and that oh, was wow. really it was nothing. Like it was okay. incredibly easy. What was that... it
0: running previously?
1: Rails five one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have to fair, be on the fair. bleeding edge of all things currently. That's awesome. It used to be we were on rails two and then we had to jump to four. That was horrific. But now that we've gone from four to five to five to five one to five two, it's not been so bad. Okay. The big thing for us is that the two biggest apps that we run are are built with a CMS in mind. So it's very asset heavy. Okay, And so I'm extremely excited about the new active storage feature that is going to be that is part of Rails 5.2. And I would yeah. really say like their headliner. And yeah. I've already went and t- I took one of the e-commerce apps and I upgraded it to Rails 5.2. Had to do some changes to the code base. Uh, There's a new change with hasmany that I needed to rearrange some of the code, but nothing too crazy. Test pretty much passed. And then I actually tried to uh, get active storage working with it. But the app is so highly coupled to Paperclip mm-hmm. that it, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be painful, I can tell. It's gonna be worth it, but it's gonna be painful. And um, Thoughtbot, I suspect or they've kind of confirmed that they will likely drop support for paperclip because yeah. once once you have a feature you know baked into rails there really isn't a reason to keep up a, a gem library. So what I'm hoping and something that maybe I should open issue up on uh, paperclip is we we basically need a migration plan from paperclip yeah. to active storage.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, I had a similar issue when I was upgrading the app. I I think it was just because of paperclip versions or something like that, but Mm -hmm. it it had to do with, uh, the number of times in my life that I've had to like, like really get gross about telling the tool where the images are or where like the uploads are, um, has been historically a giant pain in the butt. But, um, I took a look at active storage before this call, uh, in order to sort of understand sort of. How they've architected it, because I honestly think the last time I dug into something like this, I was using I think Fog, right? Fog. Oh yes, was, yeah.
1: Fog Carrier Wave or Paperclip seems
0: yep. to be the big ones. Yeah. So uh, it, and it and it seems it seems really good. Like it seems mm-hmm. like Active Storage, like the API looks really clear. It looks pretty clean. It's interesting to me, like how what it takes to get something in core. You know, yeah. like it's interesting to me that active cable happened before active storage did.
1: Yeah, like, no, that's example. a good point. I, for me and what I've always gotten the gist from base camp, it's just how much, how easy it is for them to extract something out. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. to, I suspect they've had this for a while, but it's just been hard for them to pull it out and basically place it into rails and be able to extract it away. So, yeah. and it seems like, um, I think it's George Claghorn did the majority of work on this. So thank you, George. You are, Thanks, you George. are our hero. <laughs> Um, but i i did start uh reading through the documentation on it and this sounds funny but one of my favorite features of active storage is now you get a a loading bar and we we upload fairly large assets so that's just gonna be nice for uh our marketing folks who are uploading so they can see the progress now i showed this to my friend and partner and she's like oh my god do you get that for free and i'm like well well yes but you're going to have to add some JavaScript in. And she's like, well, okay, that sounds worth it. <laughs> I was like, I won't be touching that JavaScript. But as long as you're willing to do it, we're, we're good. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Speaking of JavaScript, I'm actually really excited about this new feature that Eileen had been working with, uh, with Aaron on, and that is uh, HTTP2 Early Hints. Mm-hmm. So um, the art installation that I've mentioned before that runs uh, Rails 5.2 already, actually I've upgraded it to Rails 5.2, uh, always bleeding edge, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing that we're using in that art installation is a geolocation uh, JavaScript file. And it's highly accurate. We basically need to know the user's real-time location um, as they're submitting uh, their information. Okay, but that JavaScript file is very slow to load. And so it it can be troublesome if the user's too fast in submitting their information, we're not going to get the correct latitude and longitude.
0: Mm.
1: Now, with early hints, you're going to have the ability to instruct the web server to send a required style sheet or JavaScript asset early. So this really is the perfect use case for a situation like this, where you have one JavaScript file that you need to push ahead of the others. Now, if you were to ask my boss, uh, who is obsessed with performance, he would want all the style sheets and JavaScript uh, <laughs> files to be loaded early. But in this case, there is a particular file that we really want to have loaded quickly. And so We haven't gotten to implement this feature yet, but I am really excited about this. And there's just, you can probably agree. There's just been a lot of buzz about HTTP two, and I probably need to do a little more digging into what that means for just our entire app ecosystem.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of buzz, but I think that it hasn't really like led to a a lot. Mm -hmm. I I feel like in the Rails community, especially in part because of like the server technology, I think you know. Um, But but I think that this was written if i'm not mistaken like i i I vaguely remember eileen and aaron talking about this at work and it was a while ago i want to say it was last summer um so it's been interesting that it's it's now kind of coming to fruition at this point i think both in part of um like puma becoming a more popular server technology compared to the unicorn hell in which i live Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but but i'm very interested in this in http2 i think it's going to bring a lot of changes i just think that in general we're going to be like the rails community is going to be a little bit slow maybe not slow to adopt them but it's just Mm -hmm. like a matter of fact that it's going to take longer um than i think in some other ecosystems
1: Yeah. In some ways, it kind of feels to me like when CSS Grid became a thing and they're like, this is great. You know, we now have grids built into CSS, but oh, um, half the browsers don't support it. You're like, oh, okay, (laughs) Like, that's awesome if all of your users are using Edge Chrome, but uh, otherwise this is not useful. So I'm really hoping that this becomes something that's just useful across the board for everybody. But that being said, I just need to learn more about it. So Excited about that. Um, Rails now ships with BootSnap, which we've been using. Um, Has GitHub started using BootSnap yet?
0: Uh, no. (laughs) <laughs> uh github uh github uh it, the unholy incantations necessary in order to start a server has not been uh very boot snappable uh mark terashadi who works uh in the ecosystem group I, I believe was the one who gave it a shot and uh it uh, didn't end great um but uh we we've given it a go i've personally used boot snap and it is just a delight <laughs> it
1: is it really is it's a delight for free i mean they say there's no such thing as line. But really, yeah. Bootstrap is as close as it can get.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been so nice to be able to just like like I I I, I did a first run on uh, the 5.2 RC maybe a week or two ago. Like I was building a little tiny side app and I just kind of wanted to like give it a go. And it I, it was like remarkable to me how like much better the experience is of like getting on board with rails and i think the upgrade path has gotten a lot better too like mm-hmm. the level of errors and information they give you like it has been really amenable to like it's just it's it's, a, it's been a joy to do in a way mm-hmm. that i don't think i've experienced in rails in the past because most of my experience has been like two three to three three to four and like those were just the, the the pits like it was the worst to do that stuff and so now like to get this going and then it's like oh just run this command and you have this like super fast server that's gonna boot up real quick and then you know we can run something that's gonna make your tests run real fast and it's just like it's so nice to have all that stuff out of the box instead of necessarily like dealing with figuring out okay we'll use zeus and we'll use a guard file and we'll use all this like shenanigans like the 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 critical path being so um like well paved now you know is is i think been really great and I'm, i'm curious to see how it makes rails continue to like survive long term you Mm -hmm. know because like it needs to bring in new people otherwise it's not gonna it's not gonna continue to to grow or just honestly just like steady state um in and it's funny to see the rails ecosystem right now in comparison in my opinion to like the node ecosystem Mm -hmm. which is very much like uh, I feel like someone walks in the room and they just like empty a box of Legos and they're like all the pieces you need are here just like figure it out and you'll be fine you know whereas like I feel like rails is a little bit like Duplos <laughs> where it's like you know like he, we have something kind of put together the pieces are big enough that you can identify them and like you can do your thing uh, and I think boot is one of those things where it's just mm-hmm. like look you know yeah it was painful yeah there were options but here you go it's like baked in now go go build your cool thing and stop worrying about how to make rails faster this week's episode of the ruby on rails podcast is brought to you by rollbar so we all deal with errors errors in our applications errors in our mobile applications errors in our lives last one rollbar can't help you with but the first two it's gonna be pretty good Instead of relying on users to report your errors or digging through log files or tailing logs as things happen, with Rollbar's error monitoring, you get the full stack trace, context, and the user data to help you find and fix impactful errors fast. You can integrate Rollbar into your existing workflow, you can send alerts to Slack or HipChat, or you can automatically create new issues in Jira, Pivotal Tracker, or Trello. You can add the Rollbar Ruby SDK as easy as gem install Rollbar, start tracking application errors in minutes. There's a ton of cool features in uh, uh, Rollbar's Ruby gem. the one that I'm most interested in is deep linking into your GitHub repos. So if you've ever seen an error with a traceback and you uh, trying to figure out what exactly is going on, you can just link into your GitHub repo so you can click on the stack trace and go to exactly where you're going. Um, if you use any Rack Framework, you automatically get parameters, headers, session data, cookies, things like that. It supports queue Frameworks out of the box, so Sidekick, Rescue, and Delayed Job. And you can also configure Rollbar's front-end JavaScript SDK without having to install it manually we have a special offer for listeners if you go to rollbar.com slash ruby you can sign up and get the bootstrap plan for free rollbar is loved by developers at awesome companies like heroku twilio kayak zendesk twitch and more so go to rollbar.com slash ruby sign up and get the bootstrap plan for free thanks so much to rollbar for sponsoring the podcast and now back to the show
1: yeah that that's always been the big sale for for me with rails is that 80 percent of it i don't have to think about it and i really want to think about the nitty-gritty interesting problems versus having to think about how my application is going to boot faster or how to improve my test speeds and things like that um i did something over january um Ben, who we've had on the show before, did Mm -hmm. something called the Code Quality Challenge. And basically, it was completely language agnostic, and you got a different thing to do every day. So one of them might be speeding up your tests, finding unused code. And I just really, it made me appreciate how much we do get for free with Rails, because there's just a lot of great tooling and uh, things that really do get taken care of for you. So I completely agree with you that, you know, we're going to need more people to to join this community and thank goodness it's so friendly but i wanted to mention too that a lot of the debugging when you're upgrading i think we can give some credit to ruby too because that whole Mm -hmm. did you mean feature that's now implemented with ruby there are so many times that i put in some sort of method and it's like did you mean this and i'm like yes i did i did (laughs) absolutely mean that thank you ruby you got my back (laughs) it's my best friend Um, so another free thing that I'm really hoping that we'll get to take uh, advantage of in our production apps is, uh, Jeremy extracted, um, this really new, uh, Redis cash store that incorporates mm-hmm. all the years of veteran hacks that, uh, Basecamp had have put in, in order to do ca- Redis cash store. Now at the trust, we use Redis basically only to run our background jobs. So Redis is what's partnered with sidekick in order to run those jobs. We really don't use Redis much for caching. That's what we use memcache for. But if, uh, you know, with it being baked into rails, I might seriously consider just cutting over to, to Redis because this looks like it's, it's going to be fault tolerant and it's going to treat failures like misses instead of killing the request with an exception, which is a big deal for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to see how, um, Uh, how it ends up getting used you know yeah like, i think that like people have a lot of different strategies on caching and like you said you know i think memcache is like the the simplest thing when you are actually caching something that you just kind of like don't care about but right. you want it to be faster i think when you get to a redis i think the sort of natural inclination is you care about it a little bit more mm-hmm. like you're you're caching a computed value that if it were to go away like that wouldn't be stellar um but i think it's just because of like the nature of 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 using redis and its features and um the you know be the, the ability to do uh uh different types of uh, uh scalars and and, and mm-hmm. gets and so on and so forth so um I I'm curious to see what like the rails community does with this or how they implement it um mm-hmm. I feel like we're, not i don't know i feel like i don't i don't feel like everyone's as pro redis as they always were yes They're, you know like yeah we're not at like MongoDB style of like no. it's a joke it's just like no and to be clear i'm not saying MongoDB is a joke but like it became a meme almost i feel like in the rails community and i feel like redis is kind of like half and half you know where people don't use it people love it people think you should just use memcache people think you shouldn't use any of it um and so i'm curious to see how bringing something that uh has been sort of hardened by the base camp crew to the community and if that changes uh you know small to mid-sized teams that want to use this thing uh to be able to use it more effectively or or more resiliently at least
1: well yeah you make a really good point because i almost see like our memcash and redis setup kind of how you would run a bank where you have a checking and a savings account you know, like mm-hmm. I like for me memcache. You're right; has always been cash store that I don't really care about, but it, it is meaningful enough for me to cache. So a good example is we'll we'll cache a calendar view on our site. So these are the the performances that are available on April 27th. If I lose that cache and we have to recall it, it's fine. Now with Redis and Sidekick, that's where I'm sending an order confirmation email, which is important. Yeah. And so for me, like we've always had to have a very good fall over. Uh, instant setup for Redis because that is my important jobs. But um, that being said, you know, with Rails 5.2, they they claim that they've done a really good uh, cache efficiency with uh, key recycling and compression. So I'm kind of hoping that we're gonna get that for free because we do a fair amount of fragment caching and Russian doll caching with a lot of our view partials. So cross fingers that we just get to see like a, a nice performance bump on our caching strategy. Awesome. Yeah. I think the last uh, feature really of note, other than the fact that they, they are upgrading Webpacker, so we, we do use, use Webpack internally, so excited about that. <laughs> but we've talked about it before, is this whole encrypted credentials feature. And that one's gonna be really hard for us to implement. And it doesn't sound like it should be, but we have a fair amount of um, encrypted files. Like we have a fair amount of, I guess, secret key files that we keep track of. And so mm-hmm. having to go through and combine them all together using the correct encoding and then making sure that everything is still working promptly is, is going to be a little bit tricky for us. But it's something that I'm looking forward to. I'm really grateful that I didn't make the 5.1 change to Encrypted Secrets because otherwise I'd be redoing it all. For five two for credentials so that's where my laziness really <laughs> Don't really, worry, by really saved me Six <laughs> zero
0: they'll really have it figured out
1: maybe it'll be zombie credentials by six oh or something <laughs> james bond golden eye credentials so go. for six <laughs> oh
0: yeah I, I i i my i've always wondered about these and how easy it would be to accidentally have production stuff yeah. locally Yeah, that's always been my thing with this pattern uh, is like I definitely think it's like helpful to kind of get up and running. But at the same time, I've always worried that like it it seems like it makes it simpler to cross wires, you know, Um, versus like keeping production just in environment variables, which I know could be hellish, but uh, I don't know. Um, I guess maybe I've just made peace with my, my subpar lifestyle. So I guess um, that's
1: a good question for you, though, because, you know, I work on such a small team. I can readily get the production credentials when I, whenever I want. And I will admit there are some times that I do need to debug with pr- production credentials. How hard is it for... Like, are production credentials readily available to people that work at GitHub, or is that pretty much strictly for the DevOps team?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like, we use a couple different tools in order to keep your production um, production credentials or configuration set up in environment variables. Oh, cool. Uh, 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 we use... Um, uh uh, one is a homegrown tool and one's an off-the-shelf tool and I'm not going to name them because I'm not entirely sure if I should (laughs) (laughs) um but but uh but it is it is quite limited like you know we're we're trying to keep it so that we uh like I can get into maybe a console if I'm a particular type of engineer that needs to have that or I just need it to do a support ticket or whatever and we sort of track all that so I mean keeping keys out of people's hands is definitely a big thing but the other thing I think is rotating keys is super important you know like so i think i think it's um i like i i i don't know i i think right now to like to rotate a key we would like go and run one command on a server and we would be able to rotate that uh across all of our fleet and then depending on the application it would either be live or we'd have to reload or like whatever um uh, but i'm not keen on like doing a commit, getting a test run, like pushing it up and like deploying it or whatever to get the asset, to get the key in production potentially. Um, but again, it's like, it's a whole different ball of wax. I think this is like the perfect tool for, like you said, a small team in a high trust environment. This makes it way easier to get going. You, there's much less to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just always worried about any time there's uh, production c- credentials or assets close to home because it just makes it easier to make an oopsie where you like, you know, truncate The production database or you send emails to all your production customers or like anything like that you know while you're (laughs) running tests so um, uh, I don't think that's the feature's fault like the feature is built to do exactly what it's meant to do but I I do think it just uh, you should make sure that you're being extra careful about what you're what you're trying to accomplish and you have protections in place to make sure one the credentials aren't leaking two they're easy to roll and three you're not crossing wires uh, you know on production.
1: Oh I completely agree with you that for that first commit that I'll be doing where I'm actually committing our secrets in a commit that 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 is just going to yeah. be a very strange very long <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> view Someone of that just whole going to call you and yes. say,
0: "Hey, we, we we noticed that you." <laughs> awesome. So down, download Rails, download Rails 2 today. Go to railsconf.
1: <laughs> yes. I will be at both Isla Ruby this week and I will be at Railsconf the following week. So Please come up and say hi. We're always looking for cool guests and feedback for the show, so uh, definitely upgrade your rails to five two, and we'll see you then.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then tell us your tell us your your horror stories or yes. your success stories.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: All right, best of luck, Britt. We'll Thanks. chat soon.
1: Bye.